Welcome to Fierce Fit Feminine and Other F-Words. I'm Christine Brunelli, and I help women unstuck themselves. Today, I have a special guest for you. Her name is Taylor Squalia. She is a professional chef, but that's not what she's here to talk about. She's here to tell you her journey through body dysmorphia, body image struggles, and an eating disorder. Disordered eating might be a better way of putting it. And she's going to tell you how it started as a teenager hearing a comment someone made about someone else's size and shape. Hello, we can all relate to that. We've heard it, right? How that impacted her as a teenager, how it stayed with her through adulthood, and how she's managing it now, teaching people how to make cinnamon buns. (laughs) She has a really great story. It's powerful. It's healing. And she also has a special treat, helping you learn how to cook that we'll share in the end. This was recorded in December 2021, before the Christmas holidays. So if you hear mention of the holidays, that will give you some reference because this episode is being released in 2022. Are you ready to hear this powerful? story. It's one that offers hope and healing, and I think you're really going to enjoy listening to her. Let's get started. Welcome, Taylor, to Fierce Fit Feminine and other F-words. I'm so excited to have you here. Your story is one I know is going to help our listeners. I'm excited to hear your journey, where you were, how you got through it, and where you are today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to share it with your listeners, and I hope that it inspires and encourages someone else. Exactly the words I use all the time, inspiration <laughs> and encouragement. Okay. Yes. So, Taylor, in a brief conversation that we've had, I know that you struggled with the dream body mindset. Take us on a, on a story. Take us on a journey of what you were doing, what work were you in, what happened with you shooting and striving for this dream body, where were you? What, tell us the story. It's been, I mean, the long story short is it's been most of my life. Um, in high school, I played sports. I was always athletic and I always had a healthy relationship with food, which a lot of people don't have. I grew up a foodie. I grew up in an Italian family. Um, it wasn't until I was in probably like 15 years old, 16 years old, where, um, you know, I had people in my family, uh, I won't say their names, but they would, we would see like a, we lived on a boardwalk in, um, by the ocean. And there was this girl I remember and she wasn't like a big girl, but she wasn't like tiny, I guess. And I, the person goes, Oh, look at her. She should run an extra mile. And I remember listening to that at like 15 and I was like, Wow is that like, it's like my whole world, like instantly changed. And I was like, is that how people like truly think about other women? And I observed those patterns for, um, for a very long time. And as I got older, I went to college and I remember my, that same person being like, Oh, don't get the freshman 15. And I was like, started you know, you're, it's your first time alone. And I grew up eating very good food and now I'm eating at a cafeteria and I just started working out a lot. I thought I still want to eat good food. So I'm just going to work out more. Mm -hmm. And throughout college, there was ups and downs. My weight fluctuated so much in college. And one summer I got into these like nutrition shakes and I started to basically not eat. I had two shakes a day. 
a healthy snack and one meal. And then after working all day in that summer, I was 19, I would do 45 minutes of cardio at the end of the day. It didn't matter if I was exhausted. It didn't matter if I was shaking by the end of it. I would even go when I was sick. I did 45 minutes of cardio. And when I came back to college, people were like, oh my gosh, you look so great. And everyone had something to say about my body. Yes. And um, I just thought, ooh, like this is good. Well, it was like so not attainable once I got back to college. And I just, then I kind of went the opposite where I was like, I'd almost get like, I'm just going to let myself go. Like this is, this isn't fun. And then it kind of went back and forth like that. Uh, I ended up leaving college and going to culinary school where I started obviously gaining weight. Uh, my life was like my schedule. I had no schedule because I traveled an hour to go to culinary school into Boston on our home. And then I went to Italy for three months. And when I got to Italy, the first thing I did was join a gym. Like who moves to Italy at 20 years old and goes <laughs> and joins a gym? Oh my gosh. And- I have to hit pause right here because <laughs> oh, you and I could talk on a whole other episode about <laughs> I've been three times. It is my, I'm an East Coast girl. <laughs> East Coast girl living in Seattle. So I totally get the thing. I get the Italian connection. I get it. I want to go back before we get to Italy. Okay. If it's okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You are, you were so young when this happened and uh, you were, you were 18 or 19 when this started. 15 when you heard Um, comments about body. I, I was 19. Yeah. I was the summer of going into my sophomore year. Okay. Of college. Okay. And if this is okay, and if it's not, just let me know. Were you at, were you at a healthy size? Were you, what size were you and what size did you get yourself to? And did you find satisfaction in that when you were doing all of this, you know, two shakes a day, a lot of restriction and you were doing the heavy workouts? Did you, did you reach what you wanted and did it bring you the happiness you thought it would? No, absolutely not. I was probably... I was a size four most of my life, even like a hot higher end. I always, um, you know, I'm five, two, um, I'm very muscular. I've always been athletic. Um, so I would, but like, I weighed a lot and I know that muscle as, because of my later on, like I become a personal trainer. So I know that muscle weighs more. So I was 140 pounds, but I was a size four. And I only saw the pounds. I was like, I need to lose weight. And I got down to 132. So my size four was too big on me. I was probably about almost a size two. And I still thought I looked fat in every photo. Mm, Okay. Okay. So you, you, even in all of this restriction and the hard workouts, you still didn't feel satisfied. Yeah. No, not unless people were complimenting me. Okay. And I can totally relate to that because I was on a similar journey as what you're describing down to the two protein shakes a day and one meal a day. I did all those things. Uh, but yeah. I want to find out now. So you're, you're in this uh, dream body goal and you're now in Italy <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're probably a size two when you moved to Italy. Uh, probably a size four. Yes. Your best in between. Okay. So you're size four and Italy mm-hmm. is known for the, some of the best food in the world. 
How did you now take us on? Now we know we have an idea. What happens next? In the beginning, it was, I was very depressed. I got very, very depressed in Italy. Um, I was very alone. I, in my mind, I was 20. So I thought this was going to be the coolest thing ever. And it was very scary. I got followed home a lot and I stayed at home a lot because I I just didn't want to go out to eat and I didn't want to do all this thing. So I wasn't living it to the fullest. And about a month into the three month journey, I decided to kind of say, screw it. You know, I dreamed about coming to Italy my whole life. I'm Italian. So I started going out to eat. I stopped going to the gym and I gained probably 15 pounds. Um, And I became the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Um, But I also started struggling with depression and anxiety for the first time in my life really badly. So when I came home, I was too afraid to even leave the house. Um, And so one of my friends, her family invited me on vacation with them. And she was, you know, she was really worried about me. And she's like, you love to work out. Like you just, and she was saying it from a place of love. Like you need to find balance. Like, why don't you, why don't we go for a run? You know, you like to run. Um, So that then started what she was saying, find balance. I went full extreme again. So I went back to overworking out. I was basically running 30 miles a week. I was going to the gym. I couldn't afford, I would like, you know, I would buy passes to gyms. Yeah, I mostly started running. It was January. So I was running in the winter, in the cold. I was that crazy person out there at like 10 degrees, bundled up. And there was some peace in that. I, you know, I started working through depression and started working through anxiety. So it became it wasn't just about my dream body at that point. I thought working out was good for my mental health and it a hundred percent can be, but I didn't have balance. So I went from zero to 100. And then I started, I got a certification in nutrition. So I was a chef and I got certified nutrition. So I started creating really healthy recipes, but because I didn't know how to have balance, I wouldn't eat. I mean, I ate chickpea cookie dough. Like that was my snack. Yeah. Um, and I was eating healthier. Like I wasn't having two shakes a day. I was eating real food, but I still, I started taking pictures of my body every two weeks. I started comparing it. So I was like, okay, this looks, and like, I would have moments of being like, wow, you were disgusting before you look okay now. Okay. And then a few weeks later I do it again. I'm like, okay, you look a little bit better. And it just continued like that for, and then I started working in the summer. So this, I started in January and by the summer I started working in this restaurant and all of the girls were beautiful. I mean, it was, he, the owner clearly only hired very pretty girls, Okay. but I compared myself and I was like, wow, they're so skinny. They're so beautiful. I need to work out harder. I'm so fat compared to them. So crazy because I look back at pictures from that summer and this next summer because I worked there for a couple of years. I just uh, I wish I could like I wish I could like shake myself because I was like you were so skinny and so athletic looking like you had such a you know a nice figure but I I truly didn't see it I just couldn't see it I just kept you know my love handles are too big and. You know, I, like I said, I'm very athletic. I swam all through high school. I played soccer my entire life. My muscular thighs, I thought were just too big. My shoulders, I, they weren't feminine enough. Mm. Uh, 
So, you know, I tried, I would do spin and then I became a personal trainer. And then, so I just, it just went down this route until I became a personal trainer full time and I loved it. And I would, I was very encouraging to my clients. I would tell them, you know, you're beautiful. You need to eat balanced meals. And I started having some more balance. Like I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but I would get to the gym to train at 6 a, by 6 a.m. I would be there till 7 p.m. And we had a three hour break during the day. And I would work out for almost 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I would do cardio and I would lift heavy. And I just didn't take enough rest. And then after I would do a 90 minute workout, I would have a protein shake and a sweet potato with a tablespoon of peanut butter. Yep, I get it. So can you speak a little bit? I know what my personal experience is in the gyms, because a lot of women join a gym and hire a personal trainer and they are looking at everyone in the gym working there going, oh my gosh, she's so healthy. They have no Mm -hmm. idea the battle that a lot of these gym employees have, or a lot of these fitness instructors, they have no idea that they are struggling with, you know, food relationship problems, body dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. eating disorders, just disordered all around. In your experience, did you find anyone else in the gym was probably doing the same thing as you? Did you think that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Gym culture really does seem to fuel this idea that you have to maintain this impossible. Really, it's an impossible state. I truly thought that I had to have the absolute best body or no one would hire me. Yep. That's, That's what I thought. I was like, I have to be perfect or no one's going to want me. Like people need to look at me and be like, that's the body I want. I want her to be my trainer. Yeah. The other girls and even the guys, I mean, the guys would work out like, I mean, they had fun and they were, we were like a little family, but I mean, yeah, the girls would, oh, I'm measuring my food this week or, oh, I'm doing this. You know, we all knew what was right. You know, we would have conversations about balance and we were so encouraging to our clients, but we were so like, uh, no, I can't have that. Or, uh, I'll just have a black coffee today. I can't have the, I can't have a little bit of cream in my coffee or no, no sugar. Uh, I'm just going to have a protein shake today. Yes. And that was, you know, we had a protein shake bar. So that's became, that became a lot of what we were doing instead of fueling our bodies. I mean, we were getting like 25,000 steps. We were demonstrating exercises all day. We are exercising ourselves. I mean, I should have been consuming just to maintain my body or whatever, I could have been eating 2,500 calories easily. And I was trying to stay around 1,400. Yes. And I think that's a normal for all the gym people out there. If you work in a gym and you're listening, you know that this is true. It's a real Mm -hmm. rarity for someone in the gym to not be tracking macros, to not be tracking steps, to have a healthy relationship with food. And it's definitely a rarity for someone to not have any form of body dysmorphia and work in a gym. And it is what Taylor said, Taylor, you hit it on the head. Uh, She didn't think she was going to be hired if she didn't look a certain way. And to some degree, several years ago, that was true. You couldn't get hired. There was there was definite uh, discrimination against size. You had to look the part 
to get the job. That's not so much true anymore. Thank goodness that's changing. It's, it's still there and disordered, disordered thinking is still in gym culture. Diet culture still lives and all of that, but it is changing. So Taylor, tell us now you're in culinary school, you're a personal trainer, you're, you're, your standards for yourself are completely different than the standards for your clients that you're training. And I totally can relate to that. I was the same way. How did you get out of it? What did you do? For me, it's kind of, I would, I don't pray what happened for me to happen to other people to get out of it, but I, I got hurt. I couldn't lift my left arm like over my head. I tried to push through. Um, and I actually, went on a missions trip. So I were, I volunteered in anti-human trafficking and I went on this trip to Thailand and Cambodia where I worked with girls who had been trafficked. And like I did for my clients, I listened and I was encouraging and I told them they were beautiful. And while I was there, I actually wrote about it and I still have the article and I still read it sometimes where all of a sudden this switch just went off in me. Like, do you think you're beautiful? Mm. You know, yes, I didn't get, my body wasn't sold, but what have I done to my body that I haven't shown it love? Like, do I not deserve that? And, um, I realized that the battle of dream body and overworking really came down to, do you love yourself? You know, that self-love, that self, that's how we talk to each other and how we treat ourselves. And when I came home, I reflected on that for months and I ended up leaving the gym industry and I went on a trip. I took a three months to go on another missions trip. And throughout those three months, I just worked on healing myself and really getting to know myself at 26 years old, 25 years old, almost 26. And you know, my weight still sometimes fluctuates, but it was really just coming down to who are you and who do you want to be? You know, do you want to spend two hours a day working out or do you want to spend two hours a day with the people you love? And um, not like anything was wrong with working out, but that just really about just talking to yourself and knowing that you're beautiful, no matter what you look like on the outside. And it just really came to terms with that. You know, I went through trauma and throughout healing, it was really just healing, like healing that body image, healing what I heard at 15 years old. You know, I had to forgive, even if I didn't say it to the person, I had to forgive that belief that I took on, you know, the way I judged other women, even though I was speaking encouragement, my mind, if I was judging myself, I was judging them. Yes. And that was really where just everything started to change when I was 25. That's incredible. This is the million dollar question because 88%, okay. 88% of women in the United States struggle with body image. It's a flat mm-hmm. 88 to over a little over 90%. It's a big deal. And I always yes. say healing, it doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to love your body no. every day. You just, it's just no. not reality. But what how was it your self-talk that was step one? What is step one? If someone listening is struggling with body image, what is step one to getting there? It's, it's really writing down or speaking out loud. If you're not a person, I'm not a person who loves to journal. Um, It's looking at yourself in the mirror 
Mm. And it's really just say, even if it's one thing, say one thing that you like about yourself. Do not, you don't have to go in and get naked in front of the mirror and be like, you are beautiful and your curves are this. Because if you're not like, if you don't believe that about yourself, you're not going to start believing about yourself. Just say, you know, you can be fully clothed. Just look at yourself in the mirror, look at yourself in the eyes. And what is one thing that you like about yourself? Mm. Do you think you're smart? Do you think you're funny? You know, compliment yourself. Mm. Picture, you know, think of a sad story. For me, it was seeing these girls who had been raped most of their lives. I mean, these were 15, 16 year old girls. And I was looking at them and they were saying, I'm ugly. I'm disgusting. I'm this. And I was like, no, you're beautiful. And that for me was, I was seeing this girl and I was looking her in the eyes, telling her she's beautiful. When I was like, do you think you're beautiful? And that's what I had to start doing. I had to start looking at myself and not think about men, not think about, you know, someone else, but like, what do I truly believe about myself? Mm. And it started small. And it, I mean, even today, you know, saying I'm funny sometimes makes me like cringe a little bit. It's like, no, you are funny. Like you are, you do have a good sense of humor. You do have a beautiful smile. You, you know, I don't always, it's, you know, it may not be, you know, your butt is great, but cause some, that's not important actually. Right. Right. And how far out from this work are you now? How many years down the road are you from having this epiphany and starting to heal your body image? Where are you today? I'm uh, almost five years. So I'll be 30 in uh, 2022. So I started when I was 25. Amazing. And would you say on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is, I don't even think about body image anymore. And one is I'm in the trenches. I hate what I look like. Where were you and where are you now? Where were you in the, on that scale and where would you put yourself now? And I know it fluctuates, but I want to give listeners um, a gauge of what reality is when you start healing. This isn't something that happens in 90 days. What would you say you, where would you be on that one to 10 scale? Before I was probably anywhere from a, I won't say one, because I know there's probably people who have it way worse than I do. I mean, I'm not starving myself. I would probably say a two, three, mm-hmm. maybe, a f- yeah. Um, and now I fluctuate between probably a six to an eight, realistically. I still have my moments. Like I said, my weight sometimes fluctuates. I have changed the way I measure though. So I think if I had to leave, like say one more thing that you sh- uh, really helped me is I like to measure by you know, I've always been athletic. So can I still run a mile? Cause I like that. I enjoy running. You know, I love putting on my headphones and going for a run. I like to push myself. I still have that athletic mindset. So it's like, okay, can you still go run a mile? Let's go, let's go do some sprints or let's go do this. You know, are you working out between two to four times a week, which is really good for me. I mean, four times is like, like I had a great workout week if I worked four times, whereas before four times was, I was embarrassed by myself. Like you only worked out four times and some weeks it's two times, mm-hmm. you know, like even today, uh, I was telling you how I was very sick the last couple of weeks. And today I, it was, my brain woke up and was like, you should go do a spin class. It's like, no, 
you had COVID, <laughs> like you, your lungs, you're not there yet. So why don't you go take the dog for a 30 minute walk and see if you can do that before you get winded. Yes. Um, so it's, it's still retraining. I still have to have that conversation with myself. So good. It's so important to be able to realize the, I think awareness, self-awareness is key for anything. Mm-hmm. And as a personal trainer in your background, did you work with a lot of women that had a hard time getting motivated to even do two workouts a week? What would you say to that listener who maybe she's not struggling with body? Maybe she is struggling with body image, but she's struggling with motivation and she's hearing your story going, well, I don't want to get like that. So maybe I shouldn't go in a gym. What? Because yeah. being in a gym is not necessarily bad, <laughs> but no, not at all. Us that abuse it. So how would you encourage a listener who you know, we're, we're getting ready to roll into January. Everybody is out there going, okay, what am I going to do? What's my resolution? What's my new me going to look like? But she just can't get herself motivated to do anything. Uh, how would you encourage that? I really like to tell people to come up with smart goals. So what that means is you want to make, so yes, if your big goal is I want to work out three times a week and well, you need to work out once a week to do that, to twice a week, to three times a week. So when you come up with goals, you need to come up with something that's super small and super attainable. And I, I use this in like all aspects of my life. So you want, I call, you know, the smart goals thing. I can't think of what they're all called right now, but measurable, attainable, realistic. So I would say, you know, if the gym scares you, do your research, see if there's an all women's like gym or a bar class or a Pilates class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to go into the weight section of a gym that you've never entered into, because even as a person who's very comfortable in the gym, that can be very nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. So see what's in your area. Um, if you want to start even smaller, go for a walk. Yes. Um, make, make your goal. You know, if you're someone who isn't getting a lot of steps in every day and you're very inactive, say you want to hit 4,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. They say you're supposed to hit 10,000. Sometimes that's, that's really hard. Um, so let's start with 4,000. That's, you know, that's, a, that's making like your big goal could be 10, but you don't just go from zero to 10. Yeah, that's how you get hurt. That's how you get burnt out. It's how you overdo it too quickly. So it's really just coming up with what brings you joy. You know, I love putting on a podcast and taking my dog for a walk. Uh, so that's what I did today. I also enjoy challenging myself. Like I am very competitive with myself. Clearly that's been my issue throughout most of my life Mm -hmm. is I'm more competitive with myself than other people, but I try to use that to my advantage now. Like, you know, all right, you're going to do, you're going to do a 30 minute workout right now. Let's just start moving. Like, and it just, it looks different than what it did a few years ago. So I just say, come up with something small that you can do and make sure that you have fun doing it. You know, if you hate to run, don't start a running challenge right? <laughs> to start the year. Uh, you 100% know. agree with that because we think, oh, this will help me. But if we don't enjoy it, we're never going to stick with it. Yes. It's miserable. You have, you have to find something that you don't have to. I mean, if you are an inactive person, maybe movement's not going to be your favorite thing to do right away, but you have to do something that at least brings you joy, you know, find an all women's class. You know, I loved, I found, um, 
bar classes and they're low, you know, they're very hard. Mm-hmm. People like, I remember when I started my first bar class, they handed me a two pound weight and I was like, I bench press a hundred pounds. Like <laughs> this is ridiculous. It was the hardest class I ever took. Yes, And it was a really fun instructor and it was a fun group of people. And, you know, they were all knew my name and it was like, Oh, if I didn't show up, Hey, like, are you okay? How are you? You know, the gyms are opening, classes are opening. There's safe ways to work out in social settings now. So find a community. Um, and if you don't like a community, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Find a way to do it by yourself. So you really just need to, that's where you have to self-reflect. What do you like? What's going to make you smile? What's going to keep you motivated? You have to find out what motivates you. If you don't know that about yourself, then you need to, that's step one. That's what right. pushes you to move forward every day. Yes. Yes. Even if it's like putting music on and dancing in your kitchen, just getting your heart rate yeah. up, <laughs> whatever. Absolutely. Yes. I, last week's episode, I challenged my listeners to walk 10 minutes a day if they were sedentary, mm. just, or any intentional movement, not intense, just intentional, just 10 yep. minutes, just 10 yeah. minutes. And it's funny because I'm getting feedback from people that are doing it and they feel so good that they're so mm-hmm. happy that they actually went out and did it. And it's not hard. It really isn't hard to do. It's just huh. committing to ourselves. I really feel like it's just the commitment of, I'm going to do this for the health of it. I'm going to just find what mood motivates me, like you said. But I used walking as my challenge that I did with my listeners because it's free. You can do it anywhere. Yes. Right. We all have 10 minutes. And if you walk intentionally, not like strolling, mm-hmm. window shopping, but actually walking for yeah. exercise. 10 minutes easily turns into 15 minutes without us even realizing it. And it's so there's absolutely right there. I love Mm -hmm. your story, Taylor. You are, you are a perfect example of someone who you, you weren't, you didn't grow up obese. You didn't grow up with body shaming, but you were exposed to body shaming and Mm -hmm. you, you adopted that mindset. And just hearing your story, I think a lot of people are going to resonate with their self-beliefs. They had the same thing growing up. They heard the same kind of criticisms and judgments. And I love where you are now that you're on the other side, you're in self-awareness and you're a chef. Okay. So (laughs) a little bit, I love this so much. Tell my listeners a little bit about what you're doing with food and how can they find you if they want to follow you? So my Instagram is just my name, Taylor Squellia. And I have a food blog with easy recipes, but also on my Instagram, I talk about meal planning. So I talk about, you know, if you hate to cook and you're going out to get takeout and you're spending hundreds of dollars on takeout and groceries, and then you're throwing it all out. I talk about ways that you still get to enjoy happy hour. You still get to enjoy the things that bring you like, you know, things that you enjoy in life but you also get to make great recipes at home. You get to, um, you know, I grew up eating around the table with my family and I, you know, even when I lived alone, I still sat at a table and ate and there was, you know, self-reflection in that. So you, you know, it's really about meal planning on a budget, easy recipes, uh, saving money. I talk a lot about saving money. I actually went back to college when I was 26 years old and got a business finance degree. And, 
Yeah. So I talk about financing in the kitchen, you know, how to cut back expenses, save it for your future. So yeah, I, I love cooking. I, you know, even in the heart of my body images, I always cook. Mm. And meal planning, especially if you're trying to get healthy, people think it's so expensive. And, you know, as a personal trainer, I didn't have a lot of money. So I learned how to meal plan. I learned how to eat healthy. I learned how to eat balanced meals. I talk a lot more about balance. Like you would not think I'm I'm not a health and fitness account at all. <laughs> I have cinnamon rolls and there's nothing wrong with eating that. But I also have, you know, you know, you can roast vegetables and how to prepare your vegetables so they taste good and just stuff like that. So yeah, I love, I love cooking and I love doing it on a budget and I love helping other women, you know, people who are single to newlyweds to starting their family for the first time. Food is a big part of life. So, and viewing food in a great way is really my goal. I love this. So Taylor is going to be launching a course in early 2022 that you can sign up for that you, she's going to teach you healthy eating on a budget, meal planning on a budget, all of the things she just talked about and her name and her Instagram are going to be in the show notes. Her name is Taylor Squalia, S-Q-U-E-G-L-I-A. That's a lot to remember when you're listening. (laughs) That's why I'm putting it in the show notes, but you'll be able to find her And if this is an area where you struggle, this this is a perfect complement to what I do because I'm never going to give you recipes. I'm never going to teach you how to grocery shop on a budget. I don't enjoy those things. She loves it. And I'm all about (laughs) helping bring you people that are going to help you be a better you. So Taylor, you are the perfect example. I'm so grateful that you shared your story with us. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being here. No, thank you so much for having me. It's, it was so nice to reflect on it. I sometimes forget how far I've come and it's really, I really hope that this resonates with someone and it encourages someone else. I'm positive someone listening can identify with this story. And I hope they take your recommendations of starting with positive self-talk, self-love and just being kind because that's that's step one right it's just being kind to ourselves yes yes thank you so much absolutely thank you if you've been with me for any length of time you know that i'm passionate about women healing body image issues it is tough it's not something that happens in 8 10 or 12 weeks it's a journey but i have a free guide on if you're a mom on how you cannot pass on your body insecurities to your kids If your children still live at home, you need to go on my Instagram profile, Christine Brunelli. It is Fierce Fit Feminine is my handle. And just look in my bio and you can click on there and download the free guide on five things that moms do that seem normal, but they are comments or actions that subliminally or maybe not, they just subconsciously and unintentionally are teaching our girls our children, but mostly girls, to be self-aware, self-conscious, and begin 
their own journey in body image struggles. It is coming from us if you're a mom. Sorry to say that, unless you're a modern mom who is all about body positivity and you've never criticized yourself in front of your kids. If you have, then you're going to want this free guide. Go to my Instagram, Christine Brunelli. It's at Fierce Fit Feminine. That's my handle. Look in my bio and there is a link where you can download it. If you liked this episode and you are not subscribed, hit subscribe so that you get notified for the next episode that releases. If you feel like this would help someone you know, feel free to share the episode because all of us can grow when we share information that we think is helpful. And also, I'm going to leave some information in the show notes about Taylor's course if you're interested in following her and maybe learning how to cook better or for the first time. Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a fierce, fit, feminine, and fabulous day.